Hi, Scott and John here. Yeah, folks, the world is fast approaching the end game, and we are trying to expose the upcoming deception before time runs out. We want to make this a full-time goal, and we need your support to fight the satanic global elite. So here's how you can help. Subscribe to the new Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast to listen to every episode ad-free. Plus, get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to a new community forum. Sure. So just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today. Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to episode number 45, Operation Paperclip, part one. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Zena. Hello and welcome once again to Bible Mysteries Podcast, the show that teaches you the things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. I'm Scott Mitchell and I am here with... Zena. Zena, the warrior princess. You're back <laughs> to join us for another episode. Yes, yes, yes. Well, appreciate you being here. We, uh, we're talking about MK Ultra. Yes. So we found out how the CIA started all those mind control things. Mm-hmm. And we're going to find out today that that was sort of a branch or an offshoot that came from something that was called Operation Paperclip. Okay. Operation Paperclip. So we're going to get into that. I think this is going to be a two-parter as well. The, I kept digging more and more, and it's like there's so much to this, <laughs> you know, but I can't talk about it all. So we have to just kind of cut to the chase here yeah. and then try to focus on the Bible thing. So this is going to be episode 45, and it's part one of Operation Paperclip. So we're going to start with the premise that we've seen over and over again in the Bible, that powerful people can do some pretty evil things. Okay. You know, the more power they get, remember we've talked about Lucifer offering Jesus all the kingdoms of the world, right? So um, there's a passage in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 8, and it's in verse 11, that says, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, Therefore, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. And what that means is because justice, the wheels of justice turn so slowly, they say, when the wicked deeds are not punished quickly, it emboldens people that want to do bad things to do more. Okay. That makes sense. They feel like they can get away with it. Yeah. Or they feel like time, they've got time to outsmart justice or it won't catch up with them or something like that. So I think that's been around for nearly 2,000 years or 4,000 years, that saying. That's how old that passage is. So it tells me that man hasn't changed much. Yeah. He's basically thinking he can get away with things. So I say that as a precursor to this thing because what we're going to find out is, you know, we... We think of World War II, and most people that have even the most basic understanding of it realize that somehow the Nazi party got in power in Germany. They established what was known as the Third Reich. Hitler came to power. And they had some other people join them, other nations like Italy, Mussolini, and Japan. Mm -hmm. And so they decided to wage a war against the Allies. And it was strange that Allies at the time were Russia and the United States. 
you know. Yeah, which is so weird. Yeah, because they were communists at the time. They they became the Bolshevik Revolution took place uh, right before World War One. Mm-hmm. So they were already the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, and yet the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. Right. So we joined forces with the UK and Britain and France and whatever, and we did defeat them. But that's the that's sort of the sanitized side of the story. You know, mm-hmm. ultimately we defeated the Nazis, and we think of that as that's all that it was. But it wasn't. It, it was there was a sinister thing going on. And what I'm going to try to expose through this uh, episode is perhaps all of this was being satanically orchestrated for a reason. So Hitler and the Nazis were being used by Satan and his minions. And when they got defeated by the allies, let's say for the sake of argument, maybe God was on the side yeah. of freedom and justice mm-hmm. at the time. Well, it's not like Satan gives up. You know? No, he does not. <laughs> he never does. So he uh, found a way to infiltrate the good guys, mm-hmm. as he always does. Remember, he had Judas as one of the 12. Uh, he's always had his inside men. Mm-hmm. So after the war... Once Germany was defeated and the Allies got in there, we began to see just how advanced German technology in every facet of life, industry, manufacturing, Mm -hmm. rocketry, military, medical, you name it. They were so far ahead of us, it scared the pants off of the United States. Uh, And so we realized that we needed to infiltrate that information as fast as possible. So they started something called Operation Overcast, and it was basically designed to go in and confiscate all of the documentation they could possibly find on the technological advances that the Germans had made during the war period. Yeah. So the war ended around 1945, 46 era, and Operation Paperclip, came as a result of that. Okay. So we're going to kind of look at a little bit of history. Now, this comes from Wikipedia. Okay. All right, so anybody can look this up. Again, theirs, I'm certain, are controlled by the satanic global elite. So they're not going to tell you the truth about Mm -hmm. what's going on. But if you look it up, Operation Paperclip was a secret United States intelligence program in which more than 1,600 German scientists, engineers, and technicians were taken from former Nazi Germany to the United States for government employment after the end of World War II in Europe between 1945 and 1959. Many of these personnel were former members and some were former leaders of the Nazi party. Now that's the sanitized version, right? (laughs) That may not necessarily be what took place. Okay. So there's another author. We've quoted him uh, from the study in MKUltra, and I'm going to quote him again in this one. His name is Larry Romanoff. And he writes for UNZ.com. But he wrote a, a, a book uh, or, or an article, I guess, a series of articles called The Greatest Intellectual Property Theft in History, Operation Paperclip. So he sees it from a different point of view, unbiased, not trying to say he was certainly not a Nazi or a Nazi sympathizer. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I think he's Jewish, so he would have little love yeah. for the Nazi party whatsoever. Uh, but anyway, he writes that the initial purpose of what began as Operation Overcast was to plunder Germany of all its scientific and industrial knowledge after World War II. The plan was to steal documents and working samples, but the depth and breadth of German industrial knowledge proved much too complex 
to be usefully understood from a simple examination of documents. In other words, they were so far advanced that our scientists, we needed more than just to study them. We needed some help. We needed their scientists to show us yeah. what they wrote, what they were doing. It became quickly apparent that the process would require an extensive debriefing of German scientists and technicians to obtain adequate working knowledge of German industrial and scientific theory and processes. This realization led to the immediate creation of vast internment camps containing all the scientists and technicians the Americans could take into custody where these people could be debriefed over time. So we think about the history of like Japanese Americans and German Americans yeah. in the time of World War II being put in internment camps here for so-called national security. Mm -hmm. It was wrong. It was as wrong as every other mistake we've ever made. Yeah, were they, were they internment camps or concentration camps? Well, they were called internment camps okay. here. So the idea was they weren't being put there to be, say, brainwashed or tortured, so to speak. Okay. As in what came to be understood being done in the concentration camps. Okay. Know. But that doesn't mean something might not have been going on there. If you talk to the people that might have been survivors of the internment camps, they may say that they were tortured or abused or something like that. So I'm not sure exactly, but, you know, we, we never want to... We've we got to separate in our minds the concept of America and its people from the government. We are not our government. Yeah. Our destiny as a free people is not determined by the mistakes of a few, mm -hmm. you know. So I'm proud to be an American, but I'm not proud of what America's government has done yeah. over the decades that we've been a nation, you know. Mm -hmm. And even before there was a government, there were uh, officially, you know, 1776 officially started our our country with the declaration. We had to fight a war and all that stuff to gain independence. And so, hence, we celebrate this 4th of July. Yeah. But even before we were officially a nation and we were still colonies, there was governmental oppression from England. There was oppression of people through slavery. Mm -hmm. There was oppression of the colonists through heavy taxation. There's always a group of people that are powerful taking advantage of the less fortunate. Yes. No matter where you go. You know, it's just the history and the nature of man. Mm -hmm. So, once we established a nation and on the foundational precepts of freedom and liberty, all men are created equal. It, it was great that they wrote that down. It wasn't being equally applied yet, and it took years to get some of that worked out. But if you think about treaties that the government made with the indigenous peoples here and Native America, and they broke every one of them practically, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the, the wholesale slaughter of peoples. I mean, there was a lot of oppression going on. The rank-and-file Americans were kept oblivious to this. The average settler who was told, hey, the West is now open for you to go take land, thought, great, this is an opportunity for us to go seek our fortune. They didn't know that the way was paved by slaughtering a bunch of Native Americans. Yeah. They had no idea. All that was being kept from people. So when you delve into the, the truth and the depths, you find a lot of darkness. Yes. Unfortunately. And so this is kind of one of those things. 
So essentially, right or wrong, I mean, was it right that the Nazis did what they did? Absolutely not. They were, it was a horrible group of people. Was every German a Nazi? No. Yeah. Just like every Russian wasn't a communist, you know. Mm -hmm. Every American wasn't a slaveholder before the, the Emancipation Proclamation. So it was, it's wrong to categorize an entire people as evil, but it's usually the few, the powerful, the the cabal, <laughs> you know, it's going to be something like that. So anyway, somebody with high positions of power and authority was dictating and calling these shots. Yeah. So World War II was about how do we, it wasn't just like, okay, we're going to punish the Nazis for doing this. They had trials, the Nuremberg trials and things like that. But as I told you in the previous episodes, only a small number were actually charged and executed for their crimes. Mm -hmm. They thought the value of the scientists, many of whom were Nazis, outweighed the crimes that they committed because they could benefit us. But by that, I mean benefit the rich and the powerful. That's terrible. I know, I know. So it's, it's an awful thing to think about. When it became apparent that both plundering and debriefing of the documents and the materials and the technology would be insufficient, Operation Overcast became Operation Paperclip, which involved the forcible transfer of countless thousands of these same individuals to the United States. Now, you might think, well, they were Nazis, so they deserved it, but not everybody was a Nazi. Very see. true. And uh, the, the ones who came that were guilty of war crimes probably should have been put in prison or executed or whatever the, the, the punishment should have been for the crime. Mm -hmm. So to excuse that and say, well, their brain is too important for us, we need, we need to tap it, you know, whether they were Nazi sympathizers or not, was still, uh, you two wrongs don't make a right. Very true. Right? So they, they brought them over here, either forcibly or through a contract. It was like, okay, if you don't come, we'll just mark you as a Nazi war criminal and you will be executed. So it was, it was a blackmail, right? Yeah. Blackmail. So the point of all this is no government can be trusted. Nobody in power should ever be trusted beyond what you give them. And in our nation, theoretically, we the people hold the power. And our officials are elected to represent us. Mm -hmm. Well, that's in theory. It's not in truth. They don't care what we say or do. They're going to rule over us no matter what. You give somebody an inch, they take a mile. So the Bible measures this out in the book of Jeremiah. And we're going to look at passages of Scripture mainly because that's my area. And um, I, can, I have to look up secondary information to find conspiracy things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but in this case, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5 says this. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man. And maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man. Now, man, obviously, is mankind. Yes. And from mankind comes governance. So, in essence, he's saying, don't put your faith in what men can do, no matter who they are or who they claim to be. You know, you trust a friend, mm -hmm. but even a friend could let you down. Now, that might Very be true. unintentional. You know, or accidental or mm -hmm. whatever. Usually, most of us are pretty good at choosing people to be our friends and not wishing we hadn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But there are there have been people in my past that I've kind of regretted gotten having gotten yeah. close to because, as it turns out, something else was going on there that I wasn't aware of. You mm -hmm. know? So the Bible constantly reminds us that our faith should be put in the Lord 
and not in mankind or government or science or whatever. And government is constantly trying to say, trust us, we know what we're doing. Yeah. We're smarter than you, we know better. That's essentially, their, their arrogance makes them think that they can do it. In Psalm 118, and by the way, I'm not even an anti-government conspiracy guy. You know, I'm just looking at this through the lens of scripture. And I, I, I've lived, you know, 58 years in this world, which is still a short period of time for some that are in their <laughs> 80s, you know. But I see nothing but lies and deception that has come from the government. Yeah. You can list things that they've provided that are good, like an interstate road system or defense from our enemies to the military, things like that. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying there aren't good things that has been accomplished. Can it be argued that all those same things could have been accomplished through the free market without government, with, through private enterprise? That's a libertarian argument that people can make if they want to, you know, and it, you can't prove anything because it's never been done. It's never been tested. But um, in reality, the good doesn't outweigh the bad here, you know. Very true. So when you go back and you look at the history of government itself, it doesn't matter which nation, you see a history of deception, murder, lies, war, deceit, propaganda, whatever, in almost every single country, you know. So Psalm 118, verse 6 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. And a prince ostensibly is a governmental leader of some okay. kind. All nations compassed me about. Compassed means surround. All nations compass me about, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They compass me about, yea, they compass me about, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They compass me about like bees. <laughs> they are quenched as the fire of thorns, for in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. Now, David writes this, but as a prophet, he's probably writing in the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. So at some point, the nations of the world are going to literally fight against Christ himself. And that comes in that final seven years of tribulation. So since we know that ultimately the governments of the world are going to turn and fight against the very God that created them, then we know they're bad. Yes. And we know that ultimately, it's not saying there's not a good representative out there. There's plenty of good cops. There's good uh, officials. There's, you know, whatever. There's probably some good kings. There have been some good kings in history. But in reality, the, the rank and file of them, the vast majority, they've been pretty bad. Even most of the popes have been bad, and yes. they're leaders. They're leaders too. So, and the did you know that the Vatican, Vatican City, is a country? No, I did not know that. It's not just a little city in Italy, in Rome. It's it's a it's a tiny little it's its own country. It's the smallest country in the world. Whoa. Yeah. So that tells you something. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Now, one of the few recorded instances of public documentation. An acknowledgment of Operation Paperclip was an article written by C. Lester Walker, and it's titled Secrets by the Thousands. Now, I remember telling you one time, um, I asked if you knew the name Nikola Tesla, and you've heard of the car, Tesla. Yes. Okay. Is Nikola Tes Tesla, he's not the guy that, oh, I have heard of him. And I know you have because we've talked about him, but have you heard about him before that, maybe? Yes. Um, 
my ex-boyfriend Sam was super obsessed oh. with like things of that nature. But yes, I have heard of him. I'm trying to remember. It's Ah, what did he do? And you're going to tell me that I'm going to be like, I knew that. <laughs> well, just to refresh your memory and to listeners that may not be familiar with it, he was a Yugoslavian scientist that mm -hmm. emigrated to the United States way back when, 1800s, late 1800s. He went to work for Thomas Edison. Okay. Who invented the light bulb. Okay. And he was a huge, Thomas Edison was sort of like his mentor. So he was a huge admirer of Thomas Edison. And he worked for him for a while until... Edison wouldn't listen to him with his ideas. And Edison thought that the way to light the country and the future of electricity was going to be through what's called direct current. And that's what's used in a battery. Okay. So it's called DC. And Tesla said, no, the way to go is alternating current, which is what comes out of your outlets. So you can see which one won the day. Alternating yeah. current won. <laughs> so a man named Charles Westinghouse... Uh, Edison wouldn't give um, Tesla the time of day, so Charles Westinghouse hired Tesla, and the rest is history. They, they, there was a war between DC and AC current and which technology would come to be the, the forefront, and alternating current won. You know, um, Edison tried to start an entire smear campaign to say, everybody's going to die if they wire their house with alternating current, you know. And uh, Tesla went to all these world fairs, and he would literally uh, hold a light bulb and, uh, and stand on a platform and it would light up in his hand uh, using Edison's light bulb and alternating current, you know. That is so neat. But he was a man that invented so many things. Microwaves. Uh, he actually is the true inventor of radio, not Marconi. He got the credit for it, but Tesla didn't care about patents and he didn't, he wasn't a business guy. He didn't know. Yeah. Uh, uh, he invented uh, fluorescent lights uh, he invented um, so many things that we use every day. And essentially, what became the precursor to cell phones, cell towers, all of that mm -hmm. was Tesla. Okay. So once again, somebody that was maybe pretty brilliant didn't get the actual credit that he deserved or she deserved, you know. Uh, but one of the interesting things about him, and this is what's going to tie it back into our study today, is Tesla believed he was given ideas and speaking to people from Mars. <laughs> How interesting. Yeah. So, and, and I don't think he necessarily pinpointed it as the planet Mars, but he said that uh, he had voices who spoke to him from the other, E-T-H-E-R, and that's sort of like this hard-to-define area. Okay. Yeah. And he did believe in extraterrestrial beings. Now, I say that because we're going to find out that why did the Germans have such advanced technology? And we got some brilliant minds in America. Yeah. You know, and, and there's brilliant minds all over the world. Tesla emigrated to America, Yugoslavia, mm -hmm. you know. I think Albert Einstein was originally Austrian or German. I, I forget where. Really? Uh, he was a dropout from school, you know, uh, and yet he was one of the greatest minds in yeah. physics the world has ever known. Well, of the, and this is just a tiny sampling of the technology that they found in Germany after World War II. A 1,000 watt micro miniature vacuum tube made of porcelain rather than glass, and these tubes were virtually indestructible and a tenth the size of the best the U.S. could make. 
and we've been living in vacuum tube technology. Well, they still use them today, but it's very old technology from the 30. Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important. There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And the world is fast approaching the end game, and we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out. Freedom of speech is under attack, and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak. This is true, so you can help us use the satanic global elite's own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast so the controlled media can't shut us down. We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries. Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech. And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible. Thanks again, and here's the show. You know, or 20s or 30s. And uh, to be honest with you, as a musician, uh, tubes in a guitar amplifier are the best sounding amps. So what exactly is a vacuum tube? A vacuum tube is a, in America, is a small glass containers sort of shaped a little bit like a bullet okay and on the bottom of it are little metal prongs that stick up and they plug into a socket of some kind and inside the tube are is some circuitry and technology and when electricity runs through it it heats up and these tubes perform some function and there were many functions that they performed for both military usage industrial usage and whatever they were in early radios early television sets and whatever uh, and they eventually got replaced by the transistor so vacuum tubes essentially today are expensive to make and okay. less common whereas the the mini transistors have replaced all that okay so technology is advancing pretty far. And the jump in technology from vacuum tubes to transistors was huge because a transistor can be miniaturized to almost nothing. Whereas a vacuum tube, I mean, you blow glass, you can only get it so small and put little circuits inside it. You know, you can only get it so small. Mm -hmm. So this tube was a tenth the size of anything the U.S. could make. Their, their tubes, okay, made from porcelain instead of glass. They had miraculous magnetic recording tape, which we had no, uh, and I think after we discovered that technology, our entertainment industry took off. Yeah. You know, with everything, you know, you know Elvis, Sinatra, the Beatles, Motown, all of that mm -hmm. became uh, huge because of magnetic recording tape. Infrared devices for perfect night vision, which nobody had at the time. A German rayon weaving machine, and they had nothing like that in America. They, had, they found plans for a continuous butter-making machine that our, our dairy farmers had been trying to invent for years. Wow. They had remarkable new ways of preserving food. They had a process for producing synthetic blood plasma. They had methods of reviving bodies in case of complete standstill of heart and cessation of respiration. How did, and this is just a tiny sampling. 
There were thousands of inventions. So they were so far ahead of us. So we have to ask, were Germans just that much smarter than everybody else? Or is it possible that Hitler and the Third Reich and the Nazis were steeped in the occult and the supernatural? And it's well known that they were. They believed in all the legends of Thor and Loki and um, uh, Valhalla and Shambhala in the in the uh, in Mongolia and Tibet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they were uh, totally immersed in all that stuff. They were basically studying witchcraft, all kind of pagan rituals. They were trying to find secrets because they felt like they believed in magic, essentially secret powers. So, is it possible that aliens, let's say, which is essentially fallen angels? We're communicating with them, giving them this advanced technology. Is there some precedent for that in the Bible? Was something like that done before? All right. So we're going to go look into that and see. Now, before we get to that part, let's get to the rest of what Walker wrote in this book he has. Okay. He says, but of the highest significance for the future of all the technology that they found were the German secrets in aviation and in various types of missiles. The V-2 rocket, which bombed London during World War II, an Army Air Force publication reports was just a toy compared to what the Germans had up their sleeve. And the V-2 rockets almost decimated Europe with, with their technology. When the war ended, we now know they had 138 types of guided missiles in various stages of production or development using every known kind of remote control and fuse. We didn't even have a missile. They had 138 types of guided missiles. How did they have all this advanced technology? You know, and incidentally, we're going to find out that all of those scientists that were brought over here were the foundation of the NASA program. Werner von Braun became the head of NASA. He was a German Nazi scientist. Whoa. Now, they tried to downplay his past as, oh, well, he wasn't really, tr- he was, he only did some things because he was told to and he had no choice. Yeah. But his actual history of records show otherwise. Mm-hmm. He was totally immersed in the Third Reich. They had the, the remote control fuses for these missiles were by radio, radar, wire, continuous wave, acoustics, infrared, light beams, and magnetics, to name just some. And for power... They had all methods of jet propulsion for either subsonic or supersonic speeds, which we, you know, we had barely invented the jet engine. Yeah. You know, jet propulsion had even been applied to helicopter flight. The fuel was piped to combustion chambers at the rotor blade tips where it exploded, whirling the blades around like a lawn sprinkler or a pinwheel. That's how advanced they were with some of this technology. So we found that... Um, this technology to me was so advanced that it seems like they got some help. Yeah. You know, they, that, that they were actually being given t- technology from superior beings. And I think there's some credibility to that based upon what the Bible says. So you'll remember, and we've quoted this many times before, you could probably almost cite it now, (laughs) but when Jesus was tempted in Luke chapter 4 by the devil, right? Yes, like he was very much aware that the devil could keep the promises that he was offering him, but that Jesus was like, I'm just going to wait until my father gives me 
those kingdoms. Those kingdoms, right. And so what he offered him was all the kingdoms of the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, he showed them to him in a moment of time. And he said, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them. So you're right. He he knew that the offer was a valid offer because Satan did have those in his control. Yeah. Man uh, failed when he sinned in the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. But power and control means you've got to have a means to wield it. Mm -hmm. You know, so if I, I mean, I can say I'm king of the world and everybody will laugh at me. The only way I can actually be king is to be able to control other people mm -hmm. and have power over them. So at some point, I would think if Satan would offer Jesus kingdom and, and power, then he could offer it to any other man. Very true. So there's bound to be those who've decided I'm not content to worship God. I'm not content to wait for him in his kingdom as Christ did. I would rather see, you know, I'd rather sell my soul to the devil to be rich, famous, powerful, whatever. And I think in a lot of cases, that's what's being done in, mm -hmm. the, in the world. So I think that sets a precedent. Uh, at right there on paper, we have it, that the offer was made to one. It could be made to others. Yes. Now, you'll remember when we had Ryan Peterson on as a guest, and he wrote the book, The Judgment of the Nephilim. And we, we discussed there, and it, if we didn't go at length with it, he definitely goes at length in his book. But he talked about even knowing who the first woman may have been that was offered to be a wife of one of the fallen angels. Do you recall us talking about that? I do. I don't recall her name, though. Oh, that's okay. That We'll bring up the name here in just a minute. We're going to talk about it. But what's interesting is we have to talk a little bit about the story behind it because, as you know, and we have talked about this before, you'll remember, Adam and Eve's first two sons were Cain and Abel. And Cain killed his brother Abel yes. because he offered the proper sacrifice, but Cain didn't. Mm -hmm. So Cain ended up being marked by God, and the Bible says he was of that wicked one. So we know that his mindset was toward Satan and not toward God. So in Genesis chapter 4, we're going to read a little bit of the backstory. Okay. And we're going to try to tie that into this because some people are probably thinking, what does this have to do with Project Paperclip? <laughs> well, you're <laughs> going to see. Hang on. And Cain went out, verse 16, from the presence of the Lord. This is after he murdered his brother. Mm -hmm. And he dwelt in the land of Nod. Did you know there was a place called the land of Nod? No. <laughs> it was on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Enoch. So the first child born, uh, the first grandchild born mm -hmm. to Adam and Eve was Enoch. How interesting. Yeah. Now, there's a, there's a book called The Book of Enoch, and we've yes. talked about that before. Yes. It is purportedly to have been written by a different Enoch than this one. Okay. A one that later came through the, the lineage of Adam and Eve's other children. Okay. Uh, another great-great-grandchild or whatever of Adam and Eve's uh, children. But it's possible that this one wrote it. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, then it would be um, wise to view that book as very suspicious. Okay. Because it, it may have some truth to it, but it also may have an evil intent. You know, because Cain was a bad guy. So it's no doubt that his children would have been raised against the Lord. Very true. Raised in his understanding rather than the truth. Mm -hmm. So when he buried Enoch, it says Cain built him a, built it a city and called the city, uh, the name of the city after the name of his son. So the first city ever built was called Enoch. That's interesting. Yeah. And that's not one for the history books, but the Bible. <laughs> and unto Enoch was born Erod, his son. 
And Irad begat Mahujael, his son. And Mahujael begat Methusael. And Methusael begat Lamech. Now, it's interesting because we're getting a genealogy of Cain through his sons, Enoch, and then Erod, and then Mahujael, and on and on to Lamech. And it kind of ends with Lamech's children, like something stops here. We've got a little genealogy going, and if you read the genealogy of Jesus Christ, you can take it all the way back to Adam. Okay. 4,000 years. Yeah, that's a very you, long time. You can trace the lineage. They've recorded the history of Jesus through both his mother, Mary, who was related to David, the king, who can relate himself back to Abraham, who can relate himself back to Noah, who can relate himself back to Adam. Okay? Through all the, all the genealogy. Mm-hmm. Well, if a genealogy starts somewhere with Cain, you think it's going to go as far as you can take it. This ends with Lamech's sons. All right, so let's keep reading. Verse 19. And Lamech took unto him two wives. So he's the first bigamist in history. Apparently his great-great-granddaddy hasn't taught him anything good, right? (laughs) Lamech took unto him two wives. The name of the one was Ada, and the name of the other was Zillah. So these are just two women they took for wives. And Ada bare Jabal. All right, so now we've got the son, the first son of Lamech. His name is Jabal. And then we get a note here. He was the father of such as dwell in tents and of such as have cattle. Now, you mean to tell me until Jabal was born, people didn't live in tents and people didn't raise cattle? Evidently not. Mm -hmm. They didn't eat cattle. Because oh. remember, nobody ate meat until after the flood of Noah. That's true. And this is well before the flood of Noah, right? Okay. So his brother's name was Jubal, and they might have been twins as well. So Jabal and Jubal. <laughs> <laughs> what a name. And there's a footnote for them. He was the father of all such as handled the harp and organ. Okay? And that means he's the first musician. There was no music till these guys were born. Okay. But Moses writes this book, so it's being uh, fed to him by the Spirit of God. So what he's writing is true. Mm-hmm. So if Jabal was the father of them that raised cattle and dwell in tents, then there must have been um, information given to him to start this. You mean nobody ever figured out how to raise cattle? Nobody figured out how to make a tent? Nope. Nobody figured out how to blow in a conch shell and <laughs> ooh, you make a little music? You know? And Zillah, the other wife of Lamech, all right, she also bare Tubalcane. That's another name, Tubalcane. So it looks like all of their names end, of these sons end in B-A-L. Mm-hmm. Jabal, Jubal, Tubalcane. Cain being his great, 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 great granddaddy. Mm-hmm. Baal. Who is Baal? The god, the bull god, mm-hmm. Satan. They're named after Satan. Cain was of that wicked one. So this lineage is a bad lineage. Oh, you with me? Good. Yeah. yeah. Even their names in it. So Tubal Cain was an instructor of every artificer, which is today we would say artisan or craftsman. Okay. Every artificer in brass and iron. Okay, which means what can you make with brass and iron? Weapons, mm-hmm. right? And who knows what else? Ryan Peterson's speculation about this, and I tend to agree with him, is that 
there was an explosion of technology with these brothers. And why? Why them? They're satanic. They're of the wicked one, right? They're, they're from their father, yeah. Cain, great, great, great granddaddy, whatever. And then a strange little detour in the genealogy. I hate to say this to all my female listeners and to Zena, but women generally aren't included in a Jewish genealogy. Why is that? Because it, it always goes through the men. Okay. You know, sometimes they might be mentioned because they did something spectacular. And there are women in the Bible, like the wives are always mentioned. Abraham's wife, Sarah, mm-hmm. you know, um, Jacob's wives, Leah and Rachel, uh, whatever. You can go through and you can always say women had an impact in the world. In fact, they had a major contribution to the events of the Bible. But when they listed genealogies, they always listed it by the fathers. Okay. For whatever reason. I think there is a reason genetically. I think something about the bloodline and the gene is passed through the male. Something pertaining to the blood. So you're saying something satanic is passed through by men. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Well, in this case, definitely. <laughs> but usually a woman is not mentioned in a genealogy. Mm-hmm. Unless, you know, like you might record that she was the wife of somebody. We see some wives. Lamech took him to him two wives. We mm-hmm. get their names, Ada and Zillah. But we don't see a whole lot about the genealogy there. And then we've got, and the sister of Tubal-Cain was Naamah. That's, I was like, that name sounds so familiar. Naamah, so that's the one that was Ryan was talking about. So her name in Hebrew means beautiful. So Naama, if you want to name your daughter something that's really cool, uh, Naama is beautiful. So he conjectures that her brothers offered her to be a wife to one of the fallen angels because they would have lived around that time in exchange for knowledge. Those are some messed up brothers. May I just (laughs) say that? Like... Wow. And I bet their dad was in on it if he was still alive. Oh, I bet he was just like, good job, my boys. Like, what? Yeah. I believe he was in on it. And I think what we're going to see there is that it is very possible that when these angels came down, I'm sure it was a frightening thing for humans to see that, you know, and they would have had to assure them, no, 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 we come in peace, you know? Yeah, no, I just, that's terrible. And if you will cooperate with us. (laughs) Yeah. If you'll listen to us. If you'll listen to us, we'll give you technology. And and, and they they gave them advanced things. And we're going to, we're running out of time for today, for this episode, but we're going to find out that possibly the, when we get back to the Tower of Babel, they were building that tower to say, please come back and give us more technology. That's right. And that's when God was like, hey, hey, you go over here and you speak this language and you go over there and you speak that language. And now you guys can't communicate. That's right. So what we'll do is we'll stop for today and we'll make this a two-parter because I want to get back into tying in how they literally kidnapped, in a sense, Mm -hmm. all these scientists and all this technological um, expertise with people uh, that were either Nazis or just Germans, Mm -hmm. and they brought them over here to advance some things. And I think something then happened that was sort of like Satan's way of saying, hmm, this is all the technology that we gave the Nazis who were on our side. Yeah. Okay, now they got defeated. If you'll secretly continue their work, yeah. we'll give you some more technology. Oh, 
And I think that's what happened in 1947. Ooh, wowzers. So an event took place in 1947, and we're going to talk about that. But we'll save that for next week. Fancy. <laughs> well, thank you guys, as always, for subscribing and listening to our podcast every week. If you have any questions or comments, please leave them down below. We definitely do love interacting with you guys. Um, anything else you would like to say, Pastor Scott? <laughs> no, I think, uh, oh, I do want to thank everybody again for continuing to send me questions. I'm still getting mm -hmm. some great reviews, great questions. Thank you for that. And I want to mention that um, my sweet wife, Sandy, is going to start helping me put together little two, three-minute videos that are going to be on the Bible Mysteries YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And we're going to start a little series it's called On the Patio with Ooh. Brother Scott. And I'm going to take some of these questions that we keep getting. And just like we did that show the other day, the yes. live stream, I'm going to just do take some of those questions, just one at a time, and do a little short answer recorded on the patio of the back of my yard. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. So you guys stay tuned for that. Yeah, please do. And thanks again, Zena, for being here today. As always. And thank you all for joining us. If you're hearing this, you've already celebrated the 4th of July. So we hope that after you celebrate and you listen to this, you're not going to lose faith faith in the freedoms that we have as Americans. Yes. Just realize we're talking about the people that are trying to take those freedoms away from you Very and true. not the good rank and file people in this country that have done a lot of wonderful things in the name of liberty. Yes. So you guys be safe out there. Yes. Take care. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast. You can even gift a subscription to a friend. That's right. Remember, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to join and help us expose the satanic global elite, or make a tax-deductible donation at utbnow.com. We need your help to fight the global censorship of the truth. Thanks for your support.